Thank you for joining me. Um, this is What Do You Believe? And I have the pleasure today of chatting with a dear friend who has been doing really important research and study and working on an amazing project um, that I will have her chat and t tell you all about. But first, um, Welcome to What Do You Believe? And this podcast is about just what I was inspired to do, which was talk about spirituality and how people connect with what they're doing on a daily basis and how they were inspired to do it and what they believe in. And um, just from my experience with my father's passing and all the signs that kind of brought me to this moment, um, which is really exciting. So I'm happy to have Rebecca Razzle here with me. She is a advocate advocate for for clean soil and a mom and a producer and a entrepreneur. Um, she wears many hats and wears them well. And I'm excited to chat with you today. Thank you so much for being here. I'm excited to chat with you too. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. I had an idea. What? Could we do a hugging podcast where sure. we're hugging the whole time? Oh my God, I love that. We That's... might make it into the Guinness Book of World Records. That's why I set up the video. Oh, oh wow. All right, let's do it. Okay, I love it. See, working with creatives and producers, this is what happens. You, you, you do things that are unique, different, and well, let's do it. Hey, okay, so we are hugging. This is the first hugging podcast of the world. Yes, I love it. Genius. So tell me, Rebecca. Yes, Andrea. <laughs> what do you believe? I believe that we are all here for a reason, and that is to find joy mm. and meaning and connection in everyday life with one another and just all of the gifts around us on our lovely planet Earth. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Now, have you always felt this way? Or was there something, a point in your life that you kind of woke up to this beautiful, you know, connection of, of why we're here? Sure. Well, I think I've always been deeply in tune with nature. I remember as a young child, my aunt would ask me about my happy place. Mm. And I would tell her as a four-year-old that it was sitting at the base of a cherry tree on a cliff looking out into the infinite world around us in solitude. And mm -hmm. so I've always had, I think, a reverence for nature, and I've always had a thing for trees. Um, so, so the nature connection has always been there. As far as the connection to people, I think I was kind of a fearful child mm. so I don't think that the the people part of that quite stuck out as much as it does now as an adult I think there was a lot that I was afraid of as a child um so the connect you know I think I craved the connection with family and friends but it it wasn't until I became an adult that that part came into play mm. 
Wow. We're still hugging. And we're still hugging. See? <laughs> wow. Um, but that's, thank you for sharing that with, with us. Hmm. You know, that's very vulnerable to say that, you know, you had a bit of um, a disconnect for a while with people. So what when you were sort of disconnecting, nature was, it sounds like, your savior. But was there anything, another way that you would connect internally? Did you have other ways of sort of yeah, making yeah. that connection? I think, again, as a fearful child, I, I don't know what it was if I saw things on television or whatever, just the world around. Um, but I used to, I didn't know what meditation was, but I used to meditate. Mm. And I would, I would kind of close my eyes for hours and just picture myself floating in the clouds. And and that was always really meaningful for me as a kid. And it was just a really sweet way to kind of escape and, and spend some time as a child. Um, mm. So, yeah. So do you, do you think, I mean, I, it sounds like you're very much an empath. I would, I would consider myself an empath, yes. I can, uh, I can, I can tune in. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Well, I know you can because I know you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Our audience may not. Well, some of them do, of course, but some most do not. But I think you are absolutely an empath. Mm. Um, Can you tell us about what is inspiring you and how you were inspired by working with um, Touch the Ground and the organizations that you're very much involved with? You're on the board. Sure. and, And the work that you do? course um yeah i've been helping out with this group called kiss the ground which is a regenerative agriculture group that is amplifying the important message of healthy soil healthy living soil versus uh barren dirt which is a result of uh agrochemicals toxic agrochemicals from typically from you know, big agriculture looking to mitigate risk. Um, so it's all about going back to our roots and reconnecting with healthy living soil and the microbiome there in order to heal ourselves and our planet. Mm. Because as you probably know, a lot of the food that we've been eating is has less nutrients than it did before, and that's because the soil's been stripped away of that microbiome, which is so important. Mm. So I got involved with, with those guys, uh, I guess it was maybe a year and a half ago. It was after I went to Japan for some research um, in tea, because uh, I've been doing a, a project. I've been building a eco-friendly tea marketplace that I'll be launching soon. I have a space now. And That's great. I just got my first batch of Hawaiian tea in from some farmers that I spent some time with also a year ago. And, um, yeah, I, when I was in Japan... And wait, we, tell us about... It's called Tea Stream. Oh, yes. yes. So the, the company I'm building is called Tea Stream. And it's been a long runway, but that's okay with me. I, you know, I'm also a mom and have been doing motherly things. Yeah, raising a child, <laughs> a beautiful and, boy. Uh, yes, 
so it's you know and then doing all the tea origin visits which for me it was just really important to connect with the farmers before launching anything in that space just uh, especially knowing about the the soil and and the problems that we're trying to solve as uh, as a civilization modern civilization so um, so after I went to Japan the farmers there were very honest with me about the problems um, that they were facing some of the inputs that they were still relying on, at least on mainland. And uh, and I came back and I was already speaking to Kiss the Ground, Finian there, who's one of the co-founders. Um, we were already talking about something for one of my mentors up north, this awesome guy, David Lee Hoffman, who's mm-hmm. a pioneer in the fine tea world. And... Uh, so it was a very roundabout thing. The only reason I reached out to Finian was to talk to him about something for a mentor. He, he needed some help with something else. Um, but then we wound up talking about Japan and what I was learning in tea and agriculture. And because of my background in media, he was like, yeah, why don't you come get more involved? So I joined uh, as an advisor and we shared offices for a little while, just that was just kind of more coincidence. It, it, it was they just happened to have it, another desk, um, but we were like minded, and and I got trained as a soil advocate, and have been implementing a lot of my learnings even in my own mm. home garden. Wow. So uh, I've been composting much much more than I used to. I mean, now I'm, all I'm doing is composting. Um, not composting isn't really an option at this point, and. Uh, Growing more, mm. you know, planted more fruit trees in my garden, and I've just been teaching my my son about the importance of of growing food and being connected to that source. Mm. So, so the way that we're going to be able to move away from big agriculture as a civilization is that we all need to grow thirty percent of our own food. Wow. Yeah. So how do you do that in an inner city, and what's the solution? So there's a lot of talk about rooftop gardens. Yes. Um, rooftop gardens, actually, when you, when you install them, they then, uh, well, they, A, you grow food, but then B, you can reduce your electricity bills, your air conditioning bills um, in the summer because cement takes on more heat, but when you put a barrier there, then Mm. it won't warm the building as quickly. Mm. So there are all sorts of benefits for rooftop gardens. Of course, they require maintenance and things like that. But, um, but even like along, you know, here in the city, along the waterfront, I'm noticing that there's, yeah, that it's happening. There's a lot of transition there. Now you mentioned something earlier, which I just want to circle back to, if that's okay. You mentioned the microbiome Mm -hmm. and in soil, how important it is can you just explain to us what that means exactly? Because I, I understand the microbiome as in our own microbiome in our bodies, mm-hmm. right? So what's the, what, what happens when we eat something, the soil? Just give, give us the background on that. Sure. So in the soil, there is a mycorrhizal system and mycelium. And, um, okay, big agriculture, I guess to put it simply in, I'm not an expert, so forgive me if I misspeak anyone who is an expert, but I guess at the very base level, when you've got living soil with mycorrhizal and your root system flowing properly, what happens is that the carbon that's in the air 
gets pulled into the soil and it becomes plants and trees through this this system. So when you have worms and, and all sorts of other living creatures, um, when you put pesticides, which kill creatures, fungicides, which kill mycorrhizal. Mm, right, right. It's killing all <laughs> when the When you put stuff. even synthetic nitrogen, which actually... When worms are in the soil, mm-hmm. they um, worm castings have 19 times the amount of nitrogen in their poop, in their worm castings, as any synthetic nitrogen. So when you start to add all that stuff, oh, and then let's not forget herbicides, which I won't say the big bad one, but there's a big bad one out there that a lot of people are talking about. Um, so when you have all that stuff in an ecosystem, it it basically puts the plants on a lifeline. I mean, imagine just constantly mm. pumping your own body with antibiotics to make sure that there was nothing there. You know, it's like you're gonna be you're gonna destroy that that healthy layer in your gut, and it's right. the same as in the soil. So here's here's my question. So if 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 there is this issue with soil. It doesn't matter if your if your vegetables are organic. The soil has to be organic, is what you're saying. This, everything has to be. Everything has to be. So regenerative agriculture takes it the step even beyond organic, oh. and it makes sure that the whole ecosystem is healthy. Wow. Yeah. So it actually allows it. You know what some people say is that it actually helps to reverse global warming because. It allows for the proper photosynthesis cycle where carbon is removed from the atmosphere and becomes plants. Mm. But when you have all the inputs, that doesn't happen the way it should. Right. So in your journey of, of, of going to all these amazing places, you've traveled mm-hmm. to India, you've tra- traveled to Japan, um, what was the most striking thing that you've learned about the way in which we, are, we farm in this country? And the difference, the differences. Well, I'll tell you, the U.S. has a lot of good things going on these days because there's more awareness around the issues. We are, we're currently trying to transition. We don't have enough organic, even organic farming here in the U.S. Um, I'd say... I was really impressed with with India. Mm. Uh, a lot of the farms that I went to visit had had their the composting happening. They were doing the ground cover. They were there was biodiversity. Uh, in the U.S., we've had a lot of monoculture, which isn't the most useful because when you plant just one type of thing instead of having a forest, then that attracts even more insects, and then. You're spraying more pesticides to get rid of the insects. Mm. So it's just a perpetual issue. Um, But sorry, your question was, what were some of the biggest differences? I guess, you know, for me, the comforting thing in the U.S., even though we have a a big, big issue with our farming, um, is that we have great groups like the Young Farmers Coalition. We've got Kiss the Ground. We've got... um, 
you know, so many people speaking out and, and trying to help farmers and become farmers themselves, because what we really need is more people farming, more people restoring the desertified prairie lands. Mm. Um, because if you look in Google Maps over the last 10 years, there's a lot of desertification happening, and that's partially a result of the way we've been treating the land. Wow. Mm, from what I understand. So, right. yeah. There are also um, some interesting groups. There's the, let's see, involved with Kiss the Ground. There's uh, actually, we went out with the Savory Institute. They're talking about doing some interesting, like, mobile dairy farms because when you actually bring cattle out onto different pastures and mimic the way bison used to roam over the grasslands and that helps to regenerate the land so Mm. yeah there's all sorts of good stuff happening but we need it to happen faster yeah is that (laughs) that so so if people want to to activate and get out there and help what can they do what can they do well first of all they can compost because and i understand Compost, (laughs) compost, people. (laughs) I understand in a city that might be more difficult, but there are compost bins and neighborhood community cooperatives where you can bring your foods, your organic food scraps, meaning banana peels, zucchini, you know, anything that you're using from organic fruits and vegetables that would have gone to waste. Unfortunately, when they go to landfill, they don't, break down they actually create methane gas so um yeah so if you can compost them then that actually would ideally oh look we're still hugging (laughs) it would create healthy soil instead of more methane gas we are still hugging (laughs) yes i hope we get in the guinness book of world records for hugging podcast (laughs) (laughs) that's so great yeah um okay so compost and and I mean getting involved in these organizations some way some way yes I mean is there's yeah. okay I'd say go go out and start a farm start or, a farm or start a be involved in your community garden or yeah go get involved in some of the organizations or just go visit your local farm uh learn more especially if they're uh yeah regenerative or biodynamic mm. mm-hmm. awesome thank you yeah so what what is it, how would you like to see, what's the next, I mean, now with all this discussion of all that's been going on in the world, global warming, I mean, what, what can you, what's, what's your prediction for the next couple of years? I mean, how, oh. I want to, I want to hear the witchy woman. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh dear. Well, I, you know, I'm going to have to tell you, I, I was at an event that a friend put on last March and it was at the natural Products Expo West, and this was um, a friend who actually has an organic tea company. It's a great organic tea company called Numi Organic Tea, and him and his sister founded it like 20 years ago, so they were pioneers in the space, and uh, so his name is Ahmed Rahim, and he also has a group called OSC2 that brings various thought leaders um, together to try to find more solutions uh, going forward in terms of leading regenerative businesses and uh, 
you know, less waste, whatever. So, so I'm in this room and Yvonne Chouinard was speaking with Zach Bush, who is a physician and also a major activist. Actually, he, he's, uh, yeah, Young Farmers Coalition is, is his, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't good. There, there really wasn't a dry eye in the room by the end of the conversation because we've, uh, we've really done a number on our planet. We, we re- we've reached, a, uh, we've reached a, a really decent level of comfort modern comforts we're able to communicate freely as a a global marketplace we've got a lot going on for us um but unfortunately some corners have been cut and and many things overlooked as far as ecosystems go um so Hmm. so there there's a lot of work that has to be done the good news is a lot of corporations are are looking at at how they can help to regenerate uh the land and and cut back on waste and plastic uh it's really nice to see new laws by by governments you know banning plastic like in California where I am, we don't have plastic straws anymore. No. So that's good. Yeah, it's great. So the more, the, and then, you know, the more that we can all just do on an individual basis every day, just to be mindful of what we're all saying yes to, you know, that's huge. Mm, so, absolutely. Thank yeah. you, Rebecca. I Aww. love that. Aww. <laughs> oh, I love that. So um, what now what when do you launch your fabulous tea stream company? That's coming soon. Okay. That's coming soon. I got I've got a batch of awesome tea from a regenerative farm in Hawaii where I, I stayed on um, on their farm a year ago and helped harvest tea and learned all about the practices and uh, yeah, they've got some really beautiful tea uh that i'll be selling and so what should people look out for you just, oh yeah what should what? what should people look out for when they're looking at for tea okay well they should definitely buy organic or they can buy from small farms um where they know you know they know that they've been doing the right thing in terms of biodiversity and it's kind of like you know when you go to a farmer's market i don't know if you frequent farmers markets, but I, I do. And I, I certainly ask when I go to the stands, I ask them, Hey, do you use any inputs? And farmers are very honest people. Mm. You know, if they are using it, they will tell you. And if they're not, they'll, they'll say they're not. So Mm. ask the questions, um, but then have compassion for those who aren't, you know, it's important to understand that, this is the world we live in and some 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 farmers are in positions with their lands where they they might feel like they don't have a choice so it's also important to to try to you know get involved wherever you can there's some pretty amazing projects happening now i think there's a actually Tanil um i didn't know about Kiva yeah yeah Kiva's amazing because it's uh it's it's a way to offer loans 
to people them. around the world who are yes. doing amazing projects. So, so it's another. Are on there too. So it's a crowdfunding. It's a crowd crowdfunding platform. Kiva, isn't it? It is. It's crowdfunding, but it's it's. Acts as a loan, a zero percent loan. Yes, a loan, yeah. right? Which it's is clever. Cool. Yeah, it's very clever. Um, and it's a bank that's doing it, isn't it? It's a big yeah, bank. Yeah, it looked like there was a bank that was matching funds, yeah. which is really interesting. Yeah. So that's yeah. We we've got. I think we've got a lot of woke people looking to make some change, and and the more people that are asking questions and just doing their part every day, mm. I think the better it is for all of us and, um, you know, what we've got going forward. So wow. that's, that's all you can do, really. Thank you. That and more. Yes. <laughs> so we're all going to look out for T-Stream. Is it T-Stream.com? T-Stream.com. That'll be coming soon. And then also go ahead and visit uh, the organization that I'm a soil advocate for called Kiss the Ground. That's kissetheground.com and you can see all sorts of videos about how to compost, why to compost, um, lots more that I wasn't able to touch on, but those videos are made by the experts. So go wow. ahead and look into that too. Well, that's, that's great. Thank you. And thank you for sharing your passion Aww. for soil. And all that you're, you've been doing for the last few years. I mean, you've really done, you know, you've, you've, done, you've done a degree in this. You know, you've really done so much work and I'm so proud of you. It's fantastic and thank you. So it's all the stuff I really didn't know. Aww. I think we all just think our, our, our produce and our vegetables need to be, you know, organic and not sprayed yeah. with pesticides, but we're not thinking about the soil, mm. right? Yeah, organic's a great start. But organic is a true. great start, but we it's need, not the only thing we need to, right? Yeah, we need living soil, not stripped away dirt. Perfect. Perfect. And we're still hugging. And we're still hugging. Big hug. Wee. Guinness Book of World Records, here we come. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much thank for you. being on What Do You Believe? This was a treat. And any other parting words for us? Hmm. More hugs every day. Yes. We all need more hugs. More hugs. Everyone hug someone right now after listening to this <laughs> podcast. Okay, well, okay. thank you.